Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. Really glad that you made it today uh, here for week two in our message series called Carry the Cross. I'm going to be honest with you. This has been an awesome week up here at Parkway Fellowship. I, I, you know, I'll bet you we have had more than 100 people a day come up and carry the cross. I mean, it has been, it's been unbelievable. It truly has. And, you know, for me, one of the most meaningful times um, was... Uh, I saw a seven-year-old boy coming up here and he was carrying the cross. Now, he wasn't carrying one of the kid crosses like this. He chose to carry one of the big adult crosses like this. Uh, I know. And so, and I watched this whole thing from my car in the parking lot and he carried the cross and he was, he he was kind of getting red faced because it's really heavy for him. And so he got about halfway and then he stopped. And you could tell, I mean, this kid is about to collapse. Now, being the good pastor I am, I just sat in my car and watched. I mean, I didn't just like, you know, run out and help him. And so he he sat there and you could see, I mean, this thing, he was about to drop it. And it was at that point that his mom was there and she came over and she kind of lifted it a little bit and kind of took some of the weight off. And he, he looked up and he saw her and he smiled. And then the two of them carried it the rest of the way together. And I just thought, I just sat in my car and I just thought, God, that's exactly what you do for me. That when I feel like my burdens are too heavy and the cross is too heavy for me, bear, me to bear and I don't think I can take another step. That's when you, my Heavenly Father, you step in, you pick up the burden, and then we walk the rest of the way together. I just thought, wow, God, you're doing so many cool things in that 40-yard journey that people are taking when they carry the cross. It's amazing. And I don't know if, when you came up to carry it, if people had, if you got a chance to read some of the stuff that people were writing on the cross, but, and you might not be able to tell where you are, but these crosses are covered with things that people have written that God has taught them. I, I wrote a few of them down because I knew I, there's no way I could find them up here with the lights and on the stage. So I wrote a few of the things down that I thought were super significant um, that really just stood out to me. I want to share a few of them with you. One person wrote this, said, Thank you for your forgiveness. I have carried the weight of bad choices. You have forgiven me. And now I have to forgive myself. Thank you, God. Someone else wrote, Open my eyes so I can see you. Open my ears to hear you. Give me the willpower I need to focus on you and to deny myself. I am selfish and you gave me your son. Make me like you. Lord, I lay me down and pick up your cross daily, uh, today and every day. 
Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me that although I may feel burdens, giving them to you takes the weight away, just as the weight of the cross lessened as I walked and prayed. It's awesome. And then a couple comments came from some of the kid crosses that kids wrote. Um, one said, thank you, God, for keeping all people safe and for making my life happen. Isn't that cool? And then a four-year-old wrote this, and I know it was four because uh, this little girl wrote her age right next to her name. Um, and she wrote this. She, she wrote, yesterday, I gave my heart to Jesus. I'm telling you, God is at work in the hearts of those who came up and carried the cross this week. And so look, I want to challenge you again, just like I'm going to challenge you every week during this series. Make the time to come up and carry the cross. All five of these crosses are going to be available right after the third service in a parking lot. It's in the grass right next to the parking lot, just kind of right over here, right as you pull in. And there's a stand 40 yards away. So what you do is you take the cross and you pick it up out of its stand and you carry it for 40 yards. You can carry it however you want to, but you carry it 40 yards. And the idea is, is that when you come, first off, don't come and be in a hurry, okay? You can't be in a hurry. But when you come, come with a heart that's ready to say, okay, God, show me what it means to follow you to carry your cross. Speak to my heart. And then just listen for the Lord to speak to you as you carry that cross for 40 yards. And if you get to the end, you feel, and you, and you want to write it, write it down, then write it on the cross. There's Sharpies there on the ground, right by the cross. Just write it down. And say, okay, God, teach me. And whatever he teaches you, write it there. I mean, it's, it's amazing the stuff that God has been doing in people's life. You see, our problem in our culture is that we don't crucify people. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't mean it like that. Not like we should, like we should start crucifying people. Not, not that. I, what I mean is, is that we've never seen anybody actually crucified. So we don't identify the cross with the same thing that people in biblical times identified the cross with. Because we've just never seen it. I mean, we use the cross for jewelry and for decorative items and for emblems. We don't see it like they saw it. And so the idea is, is that you come up and carry the cross to help put the cross in its proper perspective. At least it's an attempt to try to take the cross and put it in the perspective of how a biblical person would have viewed it. That's why you come up and carry the cross. Which brings us to our passage this morning. It's in Romans chapter 12. And so go ahead and pull out your message notes and get them ready. Because you see, when Jesus carried the cross, he carried it on his way to becoming a sacrifice for our sins. When he was on his way to sacrifice himself, he was giving his life so that we could live for an eternity. And so likewise, if we're going to be Christ's followers, then we need to follow Christ's example and sacrifice, give, make sacrifices ourselves. Now the deal is that this passage challenges us to be a different kind of sacrifice. It challenges us to be a living sacrifice. So I want you to go ahead and get your bullet notes and get your message notes ready because if it challenges us to be a living sacrifice, well, how do I do that? 
How do I become a living sacrifice? Uh, what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Well, here's the first thing that you got to do if you're going to become a sacrifice. Write this down. This is your first film of the morning. And that's this. You need to get a grip on what Christ did for you. You got to get a grip on what Christ did for you. We're going to look at verse 1 of this passage this week, verse 2 next week, but I'm going to read all of it just for the sake of context. Romans 12, 1 and 2, two cornerstone verses of the Bible. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's look at the first part of that verse for a second, in view of God's mercy. In fact, I want you to put a box around that, in that very first part of that verse. Put a box around, in view of God's mercy. Because truth is, most of the time, we're just too casual when it comes to thinking about the cross. I mean, you know, we've just become so familiar with the story. We just, truthfully, whenever we hear it, we're just not affected by it that much anymore. That is, if you've been a Christ follower for a while. And so, he starts with this passage in view of God's mercy. Because one of the big reasons that we should literally carry the cross is because it takes the cross out of... um, our usual view of casual, our usual casual view of it, and it forces us to interact with the cross in such a way that is unfamiliar, that is new, that's something that probably most of us have never actually done before. And so I want you to come up and carry the cross because unfortunately we've become so casual about it and so familiar with it that it doesn't change us as much anymore. And maybe the best way to think about the mercy that God showed us on the cross is to think about what would life like what would life be like if there were no cross if God had never sent his son Jesus Christ you ever thought about that you ever thought about what your life would be like if Jesus had never come I don't know about you but I know that if I had never been changed by Christ if I never become a Christ follower I would become the most arrogant crass conniving person you could ever imagine. I'm a very driven person by nature. And so I know that without Christ in my life, that drive would consume me and I would do whatever it took to get what I wanted. I don't even care who would stand in the way. I would just go right over them. It would make no difference to me. I just, I know that's the kind of person I would become. And I have taken the time, I have thought about what that would mean. I've thought about the meaningless relationships I would have had. I've thought about the um, material possessions that I would have had. And I've also realized that, unfortunately, I would have no one to share those possessions with because my wife, Amy, never would have married me if I was that person. We never would have had the children that we have. In fact, the only friends that I would have are the people that would be you wanting to use me to get what they wanted, just like I use other people to get what I wanted. I mean, truthfully, it'd be a totally miserable type of existence. But get this. It's not just you and I that would be unchanged because Christ didn't come. 
everybody in the world would be totally unchanged because Christ hadn't come. And so no one in the world would adhere to any kind of Christian value because there wouldn't be any. No one, there would be no Christian influence because there just, there had never been any. And so people in the world, when there's no sorts of Christian values for what, you know, real forgiveness is, for what real kindness is, for what real generosity is, if there's not that kind of influence, not that kind of standard, the people are left to come up with their own moral standards all on their own and apply them whenever they see fit. That means that when you need someone to show you mercy or kindness, it probably would not be there. When you need someone to forgive you and give you a second chance, probably people aren't going to do it. It means that there would be no honest business deals, no handshake personal deals. Everybody would be irrevocably corrupt and untrustworthy. Truth is, even your own kids would at some point turn on you. I mean, think about it. Think about just, think about just how selfish children can be sometimes. Without Christ, they would be that way all the time. And then it gets worse. Because after living in, a, in that kind of a world, then you die. And then you realize that all of those selfish choices that you made all through life, those are actually sin and they pit you against God because you have broken his laws. And so then you spend an eternity separated from God in a place called hell. That's horrible. But the good news is that God did send Jesus. God did send Christ to come. And so there is Christian influence in our world towards virtues like kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That there are people that have been changed by Christ and they act as agents of change in the world Because they are honest, they are trustworthy, they are loving, they are forgiving, they are kind. I mean, the good news is that God has sent Jesus Christ so that to save you from all of that, even when you didn't even know you needed saving. He has saved us from ourselves by sending Christ. That is good news. So let me just say this. If there's never come a time in your life when you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to forgive you for everything you've ever done. Man, do it today. Take advantage of that opportunity like right now. Become a Christ follower today because without Christ, you would spend eternity separated from God. But with Christ, I'm telling you, you're changed by him and you can be. There's, if you've never asked Christ to forgive you, look, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back. If you've never asked Christ to come into your life, would you pray that prayer at some point in time this morning and become a Christ follower today? Now, it means that you need to be willing to follow Christ as best you can. You don't have to be perfect, but you've got to be willing to follow him. Would you be willing to pray a prayer like that? It's right there for you. But, but bottom line for all of us, and this is what you need to write down. The bottom line is this. You do not value what you are not grateful for. You do not value what you are not grateful for. Look, I mean, that's true whether it's a a material possession, a person, or even your faith. You don't value what you're not grateful for. And that's true about all of us. 
That's why God starts this incredibly important passage with, in view of God's mercy. You see, when God looks at people who have become Christ's followers, all he sees is the cross and his son Jesus. But without Christ, all he sees is our sin. And so, therefore, in view of that, in view of God's mercy, we ought to live a life of gratitude back towards God by following him as best we can because he forgave us for a whole lifetime of sin. I mean, look, because if we don't get a grip on what Christ did for us at the cross, then the truth is that we won't value the relationship with God enough to really make real sacrifices of what we want to do instead what he wants. Oh, I mean, we, look, we'd probably be willing to be inconvenienced at times, but we wouldn't make real sacrifices because we don't value something if we're not really grateful for it. So let me ask you, have you ever taken 15, maybe 20 minutes, sat alone by yourself and thought about what would life be like without the cross, without Jesus? What would your life be like? What would the world we live in be like without it? Have you ever taken the time to do that? I want to challenge you this week. Take 15, 20 minutes or just whatever it takes to sit alone and think, okay, God, Show me what, what I would look like without you in my life. When you come up to carry the cross, think about what would life be like if there were no cross? Maybe that's what you need to do. But you need whatever it takes. You need to get a grip on what God did for you and for me at the cross because we don't value the things that we're not grateful for. So in view of God's mercy, that's how the passage starts. Well, that's not how it finishes because it finishes by telling us we need to do a second thing. And that second thing is this. This is your next fill in. You need to decide every day to live for Christ. Decide every day to live for Christ. Let's look at this verse together again. In fact, let's read it out loud all together. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Ready? Go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now I want you to put a box around the two words, living sacrifices. Because this is the meat of the verse, okay? When God asks to be us, because here God asks us to be a living sacrifice. In the Bible, when you're sacrificed an animal... There were two things that were true about that sacrifice. The first thing that was true was this. You don't, you don't need to write this down, but you can if you want to. Uh, it was this. Is that first off, the animal had no real choice in the matter. I mean, look, the animal, just there was no opt out for the animal. Okay? The second thing is, is that once that animal was sacrificed, it was over. I mean, that animal was dead. It happened one time. But God does not call us to be that kind of sacrifice. He instead calls us to be a living sacrifice not a dead sacrifice a living sacrifice and if that's the case then the challenge of a living sacrifice is this and these you should write down number one, the first thing is is that it's a choice 
The challenge of a living sacrifice is that it's a choice. It's a choice every day to crawl up on the altar and choose to say, okay, God, today, I'm not living for me. I'm going to live for you. It is a choice to say, okay, God, it's not about what me, what I want and what's convenient for me. It is about what you want, whether it's convenient or inconvenient for me or not. It makes no difference. It's about you. It is a choice. The second thing is, is that that choice has to be made day after day. It's got to be made day after day. We have to make the choice to follow Christ today. And then we got to make that same choice tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. Look, look, I honestly believe if following Christ, if you just had to make, if that was like a one-time decision, I think almost everybody would choose it. But that's not the decision. That's not what he asks us to do. He asks us to make a choice to follow him every day. That means that for you and me, you have to choose to read your, every day to read your Bible. You have to choose every day to remain faithful to your spouse. You have to choose every day to pray. You have to choose every day to remain financially responsible. You have to choose every day to walk away from an addiction. You have to choose every day to be kind to the people who are unkind to you. You have to choose every day, if you're a parent, to talk to your kids about God so you can steer them in a way that they want to choose God for themselves. You have to choose every day that if God gives you the opportunity to talk to someone about him or to invite them to church, that you don't shrink from that opportunity, but instead you seize that opportunity. You have to choose every day to not fly off the handle and let your anger get a hold of you or your temper get a hold of you, but instead to keep those things under control. Look, bottom line, you have to choose every day to be a living sacrifice. To say, God, I sacrifice what I want to obey you and do what you want for me in my life. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. And you've got to make that choice today. And you've got to make it tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. You know, and the truth is, honestly, there have been a ton of people in this church that have been making those sorts of living sacrifice choices for a long time now. Look, even the building you're sitting in this morning is a result of people choosing to follow Christ day after day. Because to build this building, there were an enormous number of people that chose, that said, you know what, we can live on less this year. You know, we're not going to buy a bunch of new stuff this year. You know, this year, we're going to take some money out of our savings account, even out of our retirement accounts. Because that's what God has asked us to do. And there's a whole bunch more of you that are doing that very same thing now with our legacy building campaign. Because we're about to build a children's and youth building right out here. And you've made those same choices. You know, there are hundreds of people every single Sunday that come that have made the choice to be a living sacrifice because they come to church early or they come prepared to teach, they come prepared to serve, they come prepared to help. They're ready to go. There's hundreds more people that every week they choose to be hosts for small groups or lead small groups, whether it's an adult group or a children's group or a youth small group. There are people that are making living sacrifice choices by the hundreds every single week. So join them and do it as well. Because that's what it means to be a living sacrifice. Look, I mean, it takes 
It's, it's difficult to choose to even just come up and carry a cross. Because there's going to be times when it's going to be inconvenient. Or it's not going to be workable for you. Or it'll be raining. Or it's going to be cold. Or it'll be too, oh, it's just so early in the morning. I don't think I want to get up that late or that early. Or, oh, it'll be too late and I don't want to stay out that late. Look, it is never too late to come up and carry the cross. It's never too late to follow Christ. We had one of our IT guys up here this week. He was working on the computer stuff. and he, I mean, he was end up working like till 1.30 in the morning. And he told me, he called me on the phone this week and said, you know what, Mike, there were people out carrying the cross, a steady flow of people right up past midnight the night that I was here. I was like, you gotta be kidding. That's amazing. That's what it, look, coming up and carrying the cross is not just a novel idea for a sermon series. It is way bigger than that because look, those people that came up and carried the cross, they made the choice. And because we've been having more than 100 a day, they made that choice day after day. Like I said, this isn't just some novel idea for a message series. Coming up and carrying the cross helps you set a pattern for your life to making that choice and making it daily. Because that's the kind of pattern it takes to follow Christ as a lifestyle. Do you see how just coming up and doing a simple act like this can set a pattern for you that will be so incredibly helpful for you in your spiritual growth? It's a big deal. So if you've not made that commitment to come up and carry the cross, come and make the commitment to carry it. And do it as, do it as much as you can. I mean, I want to challenge you to come up and do it every single day. But if you can't do it every single day, at least make a commitment to do it three times this week. Come on, do it at least three times. It'll help you get a grip on what Christ has done for you. It'll help you understand the types of choices it's going to take for you to become a living sacrifice. Because that's what it means to carry the cross. Now I want everybody, if you would, would you pull out your connection card? I want you to turn it over on the back. I want you to look at the next step or steps that, that perhaps you could take this morning. And look, I want you to check it on your sermon notes and on the card. I want you to check it two places because you're going to take the sermon notes home. And that way you'll remember what you've committed to. But you're going to turn in the card because we're going to pray individually for every single person that turns in the card for the commitments that you make. So maybe it's this first commitment. I commit to come carry the cross at least three times this week or daily this week. And circle either three times or daily. Make a commitment. What are you going to do? Would you commit to come carry the cross? I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Yet you never know what God is going to teach you during that 40-yard journey when you're carrying it. This next one. I will spend 15 to 20 minutes alone and ask God to show me what life would be like without Christ. That's huge. I mean, if you would do that, I'm telling you, it would be so meaningful. But this next one. I commit to choosing to follow Christ every day. That you would get up, you would say, you know what? Every day. Today, I'm following Christ. Tomorrow, you get up. Today, I'm following Christ. The next day, you get up. Today, I'm following Christ. Would you make that kind of commitment? You say, you know what? I'm going to do it every day. Or this next one. I'll memorize Romans 12.1. This is a cornerstone verse in Christianity. You absolutely should memorize this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Awesome verse. You absolutely should have got, write that on your heart by memorizing it. 
This next one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time. If you've never asked Christ in your life, and maybe you prayed that prayer in the middle of our service, or maybe you're willing to pray it after, would you check that box? We will mail you some free materials in the mail this week to help you get started in your walk with Christ. But I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. There's a little table right before you walk out the door. There's packets in a little basket right there. Just grab one of the, a new believer packet on your way out today. It's got some other things in there that will help you get started. Did you make a commitment to become a Christ follower if you've never done it before? Maybe it's this next one. Sign me up for a small group. And then there's the code. Look, there's a small group catalog in your bulletin. And beside each small group is a little blue code. Write that blue code there. Now look, make sure your name and stuff is on the front, okay? A card without a name, it's difficult to sign you up, okay? Name and email on the front, and then write the code there. Did you know that we have already had, you're not going to believe this, more than 1,200 people sign up for small groups so far? We've only had small groups over two. That is already, that's awesome. In two weeks, just in two weeks of signups, that, is, that has surpassed the highest total we've ever had in the history of this church. In fact, if you have already signed us for, for a small group or signed one of your kids up for a small group, would you raise your hand, keep it in the air for just a second? If you or one of your kids are signed up for a small group, raise your hand, keep it in the air. All right, those of you that don't have your hand raised, no, keep them up, keep them up. Those of you that don't have your hand raised, look around. Look at all the people that have their hands raised. Sign up for a small group. Put your hands down. Sign up. Come on. Be like everybody else. A little positive peer pressure there. And you can also sign up online if, you, if you're looking through the catalog. But look, groups are closing. Because once a small group fills up, I mean, we close it and you can't sign up for it anymore. So sign up for a group. Or maybe you need to sign up your child or a teenager for a group. That's the next one. If so, write their name down so we know which child you're signing up. And then the code. And there's youth and small group codes. They're at the very front of the catalog. Write that down. If you've got more than one kid, that's fine. Just use the lines below in the prayer requests. And uh, not only will we pray for your kid, but we'll sign him up, okay? Right in there. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for, God, I thank you so much for the truth and the power of the cross. And God, I ask that you would help us not just come and carry the cross for a day or for a week or for this series, but God, that you would help us carry the cross for a lifetime as a lifestyle and that we would be that kind of people. So help us, oh Lord, help me truly to be a living sacrifice. Thank you for sending your son Jesus and all he did for us. And it is in his invaluable name we ask. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 